Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon to everybody around the entire world. Welcome to Walk by Faith. I'm your host, Derek Kenningberg, and it is February the 6th, 2019. I have to continuously remember to say 2019 because there's a part of me that still wants to say 2018. Um, When I write things down on documents or write a check or fill something out, um, I catch myself still writing 2018 and I have to take a couple steps back and come back to reality and remember we are in the new year and it is not 2018, it's actually 2019, but almost approaching 2020, the year of perfect vision. <laughs> that's what I like to say, 2020 vision. Um, that's not prophetic, folks. I have no idea what's going to happen in the year 2020. I just think it's a prestigious year, a a year to remember, of course, you know, for people who are alive in this time period of life. You can actually look back and say today, live to see the year 2020. Will that be the year that the Lord returns? I sure hope so. But I'm not going to be the one to set dates and I'm not going to predict anything because we have seen many, many men of God try to predict the coming of the Lord, and it just did not turn out the way in which they predicted. And that right there can rattle and shake the faith of a lot of people, and it can make skeptics scratch their head even more in confirmation of not believing the words of a Christian. And we don't want to do that. As believers in Christ, we don't want to push away skeptics. We don't want to make them question even more than they're already questioning right now. The way that we live our life, the way that we conduct ourselves as ambassadors of Jesus Christ should be a reflection of Jesus. And it should make those skeptics wonder what is so good about this Christ that you follow. Maybe I should give him a chance. And that is the type of life in which believers in Christ need to be trying to live. Now, no man or woman is perfect. This I understand, but there are several characteristics in which we need to be displaying each and every day as we walk with the Lord. Because I've said this in previous podcasts, the world is watching and they're waiting. They're watching to see what believers in Christ do. They're watching to see how we handle situations. They're watching to see whether we're going to worry or we're going to cower and get scared. And they're waiting for the Lord to move in our lives. And when the Lord does choose to move in our lives, we should not keep that to ourselves. But we should share that with the world. We should share that with people in which believe That there is no hope when there is hope indeed. And his name is Jesus Christ. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And the name of today's episode is called Characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Attributes, traits, just exactly who is the Holy Spirit. And what is the evidence in which we bear if we contain the Holy Spirit within us? 
there was a lot of people who claimed that they loved God and they believe in Christ. But they don't bear the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is a term used in the King James Bible. The fruit of the spirit. Like that's an old term for characteristics. They don't bear the fruit of the spirit. Because it's one thing to say that you love God and that you believe in God, but do you know him? And does he know you? And if he knows you, he's going to make himself known through you. His characteristics are going to be shown through you. You are going to bear the fruit of the spirit, whether you like it or not. If God loves you and God and if God is within you, if your temple houses the Holy Spirit. Believers in Christ, it's, it's time to analyze ourselves today. It's time to ask questions. It's time to sit down and wonder. Do I bear the fruit of the spirit? Do I have the characteristics of the Holy Spirit? Because this is a question that a lot of people don't ask themselves. And this is actually something that I too have to pause and get in the scriptures and to look for myself, the characteristics and the fruit of the spirit to make sure I am going in sync with the word of God, that I'm living my life as the word of God has instructed us to. Because it's it's one thing, like I said, to say you believe, but how is your walk? What is your walk like? If, if, if people see you, are they going to see Christ? Are you going to resemble Jesus? The words that you speak, are they words in which the Lord would speak himself? The actions that you do, are there things in which the Lord would do himself? And it's a very tough and hard comparison to be compared to Jesus Christ. And no one can do it, which is why we all need to repent and accept Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. For it is because of him we are saved and forgiven of our sins. But as followers, we can strive to be like him. Like, uh, let's just talk about a group of people. And they may have a leader and all of these people that follow this leader may not be on the level of the leader, but they can aspire to be like him. They can follow him. They can practice some of the teachings, some of the, the characteristics, even though they may never be that leader like us. We'll never be Jesus, but we are commanded to follow him and to bear the fruit of the spirit in which we possess after we are saved. So I'm going to go ahead and get into these scriptures. And like every podcast, I would like for you to grab your Bible, whether it's a tablet, physical book, laptop, computer, whatever, smartphone device, whatever way you choose to read the word of God is up to you. Okay, so let's go ahead and start in the book of Galatians. Chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. And it reads, 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. These are the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Let's just go, let's go over them one by one. The first one here says it's, it's love. And when we think of love, we think about primarily the, a, a family member, a friend, or someone in which we may be in a relationship with, your husband or your wife, your spouse. That's really the only time that you really think about the word love. But this word is not just talking about loving those that you choose to love or those that you feel obligated to love, but it's talking about everybody, everyone, people you don't know, strangers. Do you love people? Now, I don't believe that there is any shame in admitting that you don't have that kind of love for other people. It's okay. Because naturally, we don't. Naturally, we're very self-centered. Naturally, we only care and love those who care and love us. But to love somebody you don't know, somebody who does not care about your well-being or you, is... It's unheard of in today's society or the secular world will say. I remember a woman on social media who claims to be a believer said that you have to be a fool to love your enemies. When Jesus Christ himself told us to love our enemies, to bless our enemies. So. It's either going to be the the mindset of man who says that you don't have to love anybody when or it can be the the mindset of Christ who tells us tells us to love other people. That doesn't make it easy, but if this is something in which you struggle with, you really should pray about it. Pray to God about it. Ask him, "Hey, I have trouble loving other people. I have trouble being concerned about other people and I need you to put a spirit of love in me and compassion and care for others. And there is no way that God is going to deny such a prayer, such a request. We're going to move on to joy. Just the joy of being alive alone should keep a smile on our face. Joy and happiness. And to me, that's it's pretty much the same thing. Joy, happiness, it's just another word for one another. To be happy all the time. Is this possible? I feel that we are in control of our emotions. We don't have to let things get to us. We don't have to let things bother us. We don't have to let people get under our skin. You can wake up in the morning, you can be happy, you can be joyful, you can be rejoicing, and then you may run into somebody in the streets who may decide to give you a couple of choice words, cut you off in traffic, you know, give you the finger, things of that nature, things that would initially rattle up most people and make them angry at that point. So you just went from being happy to upset 
because of an outside influence. We don't have to let people steal our joy. And I believe if the Holy Spirit truly dwells within us, we can have control over what makes us happy and how to stay happy. Again, if you're somebody out there who struggles in this area, you should pray to the Lord for a spirit of joy to, 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 to fill you and to give you happiness and to help suppress you against anger and to help suppress you against other things that will steal your joy. Because remember, the, the devil doesn't want to see a Christian happy. The devil doesn't want to see us prosper. The devil doesn't want to see us with a smile on our face. So he always constantly sends trouble our way and, and, and he constantly shoots fiery arrows our way to make us hurt and to make us angry and to take away our joy. But we have to remember the promise of God, the Holy Spirit, the fruit is joy. And if we have confidence in the Lord, we, 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 we will never lose that joy. Moving on to peace, peace, to have, to have peace in mind. This is a personal prayer for myself because this is something that I've prayed for for many years, just to have peace, okay? See, to some people, it's all about money. To some people, it's all about love. To some people, it's all about fame, recognition, or whatnot, prestige, and to others, some people just want peace. Peace. Where there's peace, there is no fear. There's no fear. There's no worry. There's only peace. Nothing can rattle your faith and shake you up. That is the confidence. The confidence that the Holy Spirit possesses. Peace. True peace. When we possess God's Spirit, we know a peace in which we've never known ever in our lives. But we have to always remember that we have to pray each and every day constantly for peace, joy, and love. We got to pray for these things because the enemy's trying to steal these things from you. He does not want you to be at peace. He wants you to be on the edge and if you're a Christian and if you're a believer in Christ and you're living on the edge, where's your confidence? Where's the fruit of the spirit? You'll never be able to, to know these things if you never dwell in the scriptures. We have to meditate on these verses day and night. We have to learn these passages so we can understand the promises in which God has told us. God made promises to us. What are we going to take heed and listen is the question. So if you don't have peace, I pray that you pray for, pray for peace. And the, the Lord will just take away anything that keeps you up at night. Or that has you riled up throughout the day. The next characteristic is patience. To have patience is, is something that we, we struggle. Because we, number one, we live in an in a on-demand society. That wants things now, that wants things ASAP and overnight shipping. Nobody has patience anymore. Patience is a thing of the past, it seems, but it doesn't have to be. Not if the Holy Spirit dwells within you. For a person who's extremely anxious for the word of God tells us not to be anxious for anything, but to pray with confidence and be patient for the Lord will provide. 
if we just wait. No one likes to hear that word. That's an ugly word in 2019. Wait. But I believe that God told us to wait for things for a reason. We're not always ready to receive whatever it is we pray for immediately. Sometimes some things need to fall in place, so we need to be patient. The next trait is gentleness. To be gentle. To be compassionate. To be thoughtful. Thinking of others. And not just of yourself. Not just tough. Tough love, as they say. Or raw, as they say. You know, you, you can't handle everybody the same way. You have to at least have the ability to be gentle with some people. Because there are a lot of people who are emotionally wrecked and destroyed. And a lot of times a gentle voice and a gentle approach to these people can get them to turn around and come out of that depression. And if you don't have that characteristic, you won't be able to help much of anybody. So gentleness is, is very important. Moving on to goodness. Goodness speaks for itself. To do good. Children know this. Don't do bad. Do good. Do what is good. Avoid what is bad. Do we always do this? Of course not. But we need to practice it. The ratio should fall in favor of goodness over badness. If it falls in favor of badness, we have a serious problem. Do good, ladies and gentlemen. Moving on to faith. Faith. This is a key component of complete communication of, with God and to having our prayers answered. Faith. To have faith in God. To believe that whatever we ask for, if it's according to his will, he shall bring to pass. That his promises in which he made to us shall be kept. If we just have faith in him. If we just believe that he is who he says he is and he possesses the power in which he says he possesses. That is all we need to do. Is to just have faith. This is a very important, very important thing for a Christian to, to practice. Faith. If you don't practice faith, you're going to have a very hard time in this world. Meekness, to be humble. Basically, meekness is, is to be humble. To not be high-minded, to not be prideful, but to be humble and to be considerate. And not to puff yourself up. Because it's, it's very hard for people to relate and to want to be around an individual who is constantly puffing himself up or herself up. Nobody, nobody wants to be around that. But it's the people who are humble who may actually still be in a higher position in society, technically, but they're humble and they're meek. They earn the respect of those people that may actually not be on the level that they are in society. So does it, you don't have to be poor to be humble. You can you can be in a good position and still be humble and people will respect it and they will see that there's something different about you and that you possess the Holy Spirit. The last fruit of the spirit is self-control. To have self-control. This is important, you know. The Bible teaches us, you know, we, we are not to have 
any idols above God. No other gods but God. You know, we are to demonstrate self-control and not addictions. You know, there are a lot of people have addictions. They're addicted to this. They're addicted to that. And we should really have no addiction except for the addiction of wanting to serve God. So one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. God teaches us how to remain whole and focused on Him and not be sidetracked by other things in which, you know, initially are not really profitable in this life. Okay, so that was just two verses right there in Galatians. That was a lot, but I just really felt the need to break that down. Um, the Bible is just so much more than just verses. You know, you can, ministers and preachers have preached entire sermons from one verse. Okay, you can, you can preach an entire for an entire month in one chapter of the Bible. Let us not view the word of God as just some old ancient book. For this is a book that possesses the knowledge in which we need to get through this life. And that type of knowledge cannot just be simply read and then shut the book. We need to read. We need to meditate. We need to break down. And we need to apply the word of God to our lives. Okay. So let's move on to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter 4 verse 8 reads, Above all things, have unfailing love for one another, because love covers the multitude of sins. Again, this is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Love. Anytime you think of God, anytime you think of Christ, it, it is absolutely essential that you associate them you associate God with love because God is love God loves us this is throughout the scriptures this is common this it should be common knowledge God is love and we need to demonstrate that love to other people to be compassionate for other people moving on to Romans 8 verse 6 the carnally to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. In the book of Matthew, in the book of Luke, it tells us to seek the things of heaven or seek the things above and his righteousness and things in which we pray for and desire shall be added unto us. And this comparison here is a comparison between the carnal mind and the spiritual mind. Carnal like the flesh. The natural will say versus the, 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 the mind of the Holy Spirit, which endorses life, which endorses peace, which endorses love, happiness, joy, all of these different things. This is this is the mindset that we need to adopt. And, you know, with a with an honest prayer from the heart. Praying that we, if we suffer in these departments of life, I honestly believe that God will reveal to us what it is exactly we need to do to get on the right path. Because not every Christian, not every believer is on the same page. Some of us, we haven't been in our walk with Christ that long, while others have been walking with Christ for many years. There are different levels of spiritual maturity. But you need to pray that God helps you 
mature as you go. It, it has to be a desire in the heart that wants to get closer to God. It has to be a desire in the heart for us to want to be better so that we can manif- so we can show people that we love Jesus and that the Holy Spirit dwells within us and people can see that through our actions. You may not be able to see the Holy Spirit. You may not be able to see God, but people can see the manifestation of the Spirit through you. Because you have to remember, as people, we are vessels. And as vessels, we we can be controlled, I'll say, or not the word control, but we can be, you can, you can use the word persuaded, or you can use the word inspired to act a certain way by certain spirits. Being influenced and being in a position to where you are being controlled, what if you want to use that terminology by the Holy Spirit, people are going to know that you are a Christian because it's no longer you. It's it's the Holy Spirit within you. That's that's literally controlling your thoughts. That's controlling your words. That's making you more and more like Christ because we can't be like Christ by ourselves on our own account. We need the help of the Holy Spirit to do that. We're going to move on to 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 4. And it says that each one of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. I mean, I just spoke about the vessel. And we need to have self-control, which is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Self-control is as far as us not giving in to certain spirits. Spirits of lust. Spirits of anger, spirits of greed, spirits of of mischief, spirits of murder, all these different spirits. This is this is a spiritual warfare. We can if you if we want to go ahead and get technical. You have two realms. You have the physical realm, and you have the spiritual realm. And a lot of people are definitely being controlled by evil spirits. Again, reading this verse to each one of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. As the temple of God, you know, we need to take care of ourselves. We need to watch what we watch. We need to watch what we listen to. We need to watch the company in which we keep, the actions in which we do to protect this vessel. Because this is the the, the home of the Holy Spirit. And we need to honor it. And we need to sanctify it. Now let's go to the book of Romans. Romans 13. I'm actually looking for this one. Romans 13 verse 10. And it reads. Love works. No evil to a neighbor. Therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. Right before that, it says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. We've, we've all heard that before. You know, these are not just things that God just said, just random things that he just thought of and said, hmm, let's see, what should I have these people do? Let's just go ahead and throw this out there, you know. 
just, just tell them to love each other. Tell them to love their neighbor. You know that that that's going to be something that um, they're going to want to do anyway. And I, I don't believe that God just conjured up this in His mind and told us to do it. But He knew. He knew that loving each other would be the best form of defense, the best form of showing affection that we possibly could do here on earth. Because way too many people, they don't love their neighbor. Some people don't even love their families. A lot of people are heartless. These people have, I don't know where they've been hurt, why they're so angry, what they've gone through in their life that has pretty much depleted love. But love is a requirement. I repeat, love is a requirement. It is evidence of the fruit of the Spirit. I'm not saying that you have to just go throughout your city and just go hugging random people. <laughs> I don't recommend that. But the thought process of what you have or what you perceive to see in other people should not be harsh. And we should learn to give the benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, we, we all, God, God didn't make us fools. We should also use discernment in whatever situation that we're in, but we should stop turning a blind eye to people that we know we can help. You know, we should stop prejudging situations and help whenever we can. There are several ways you can show love to somebody. Moving on to 2 Timothy uh, 1 verse 7. And it reads. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. But of power, love, and self-control. Again, these are characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Except the first one that says the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear does not come from God. The spirit of fear comes from Satan. A Christian should not possess the spirit of fear. Spirit of power, love, and self-control are fruits of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, we'll say. If you have a spirit of fear, you need to pray now. If there's something that terrifies you, if there's something that concerns you to the point where you can't sleep at night, if there's something that bothers you to the point you can't even function, you need to pray right now to have that spirit delivered from you and to pray that the Holy Spirit dwells within you. Because we are to exercise self-control. We are to exercise love. We are to exercise power and confidence in God. Just the type of confidence that nothing can shake your faith. Nothing can make you question. Nothing can bring you down because you love God so much and you're so confident in him. And you, you're demonstrating the, the type of self-control that won't allow you to allow worry into your life. That is what we need to be doing every day. Final verse. Colossians 1, Colossians 1, 10. Here we go. Colossians 1, 10, and it reads, That you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing to all, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. I think this is the perfect the perfect verse to close this out with. Let's go ahead and, and, and go back to the beginning. It says that you, well, you know what? Let's rewind. I'm going to start at verse nine. I'm going to read verse nine too. Okay. And it reads, 
For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with knowledge of his will and wisdom and spiritual understanding. Okay, so first and foremost, we need to pray for each other. Pray for your brothers and pray for your sisters that they may be filled with the Holy Spirit of God so that they can see things in which they didn't see previously. So they can hear things in which they couldn't hear previously. So they can have a bit of motivation in their lives to seek God day and night. We need to be praying for our brothers and sisters every day. But going back to, to verse 10, when it says that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, walk in a manner worthy of God, live your life in a way that would make God proud of you. Do things that would make God smile. Don't partake in things that will make God upset. Don't do things that will make God angry. Don't do things that will embarrass the Lord, that will embarrass yourself and embarrass the church. Put away those things. God is commanding us for us to walk in a manner that is worthy of him. Pleasing to all. Being fruitful in every good work. Do the best that you can do while you're here on this earth. It's the best advice I can give a person. And increasing in the knowledge of God. Increasing in the knowledge of God. We, we need to be reading the scriptures day and night. I'm not saying you pick your Bible up in the morning and read until from the crack of dawn to, to sunset. That's not what I mean. Pick your Bible up any time of the day that you want and just read a little bit. Just meditate on a little bit. You know, pray before you open it and say, God, you know, I, I don't know where to start. A lot of people don't read the Bible because they don't know where to begin. Just say, Lord, I don't know where to begin. So I'm just going to ask you to lead me wherever you want me to go. And that's just what it's going to be. So and, and don't stress about it because God is not a God of confusion. You know, he's not trying to get you to guess. He wants you to seek him. And there's no better way than seeking him than asking him where he wants you to start. But as long as we are increasing the knowledge, if we increase the knowledge of God, which is his word, if we pray every day, you know, faithfully. Our faith is going to increase and we are going to increase as a people. We're going to be strengthened as a people and the body of Christ is going to be a, a fortress that's going to be seen by the unbelievers and the skeptics in the world. So if you're a Christian, you believe in Christ, it is important, it is vital that you make sure that you bear the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. And if you don't bear any of those characteristics, I want you to take some time out to get alone and you need to get on your knees and pray and ask God for help. Ask God to give you the Holy Spirit. Ask God to save you because this is very, very important, people, that we possess the Holy Spirit within our hearts. This is, the, this is supposed to be the temple of God. And no other spirit should be occupying this temple except for him. So you take the initiative today and analyze yourself. Ask questions. Write them down if you have to. To find out whether you bear the fruit of the spirit. If you do, continue to shine like a lamp on a hill. But if you don't, 
Now is the time to pray to God to help you out in this manner. I pray you all have a wonderful day. God bless you. Be sure to share this podcast with somebody who you feel may actually need to hear it, whether it's a friend, a family member, an employee, or a stranger. Whoever needs to hear it, I pray that they get this message. Thank you very much for tuning in to Walk by Faith. Until next time, my friends, have a blessed day.